If you're like me, you have often wondered more than once why this world is the way it is. Doesn't it feel like things should be different? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on March 1st for the first Sunday of Lent, 10.30 a.m. Mass at Ascension Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. Who among us hasn't ever wondered, or even near despaired, why is it that this world is the way it is? Why is it that there is so much pain and suffering? Why is there hunger and war, pestilence, plague, all of these things? Why is it that human suffering is all around us in so many different ways. I certainly have experienced that, and from time to time I still do. It's part of the human condition to look around and wonder, isn't it supposed to be different than this? Isn't there supposed to be God's grace working in the world? Sometimes it's difficult to find. Any of us, if we've uh, reached the age of of teenage angst when we think that we know everything and we see all this chaos around us and we can't describe or understand why it is what it is, well, it leaves us in a very kind of difficult position of uncertainty, which just adds to the chaos that seems to be around us. Why is it that things are the way they are? Who among us hasn't for at least five seconds in the last seven days thought about the coronavirus? I mean, I'm having to, to, to answer questions about liturgical practice and what we'll do at Mass and what we might change or what we might do because people are concerned. To go ahead and answer that question fairly um, directly, you're adults. And so I'm not going to tell you stop doing this or do this different, but generally just be safe. If you're sick, stay home. Don't receive from the precious blood if you don't think that that's good, or at least a good idea for the moment. All of those things. But that's another topic. Before I get too far down that road, let's bring it back. Why is it that things are the way they are? Paul puts it pretty directly, and even sums it up by saying, in conclusion, for Paul to actually think to himself, you know, I've gotten kind of complicated here, because Paul's pretty complicated all the time, I'm going to have to restate it. Sin and death entered the world because of the actions of one man. His name was Adam. So on his behalf, I'm here to apologize to you all. It's his fault. Eve had a little bit to do with it, but it was Adam's fault, ultimately. And sin and death through this this fall that we encounter in Genesis this morning, in this first reading, while we don't as Catholics need to to think that it's literal history, that things like that this happened exactly like this, the, 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 the moral reality of the story is, is that we were tempted 
and we fell. We succumb to that temptation and seemingly very quickly. I mean, the scripture doesn't give us a date. You know, 28 days after uh, creation, Adam and Eve were tempted by the devil. We're not given kind of a timeline here, but it really seems to be pretty quickly that Adam and Eve are encountering the enemy, the evil one, Satan himself, this serpent that has come to them with his trickery and his deceit. They fall, and they fall really pretty quickly. They don't trust in God, and they are surrounded by goodness. They are in the garden. They are where God wants them. They are essentially in heaven. How is it that they could have fallen so quickly? What could have tempted them to go contrary to God's plan? There's that one thing that God asked them not to do. Why was it even in the garden? Well, that's another theological question for another time. But it was there he asked them not to eat of that, the fruit of that tree. And the, the enemy came and quickly turned them against God. Just for a moment. But through that moment of, 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 uh, of contrary thought and action, according to God's plan, the rest of us are now experiencing the reality of that. In our gospel... We see the hope. The hope comes in in our gospel because we know how long Jesus was in the desert. Forty days. He goes out with the intention of being tempted. He has left the garden, gone into the desert where he is hungry. He is starving. He hasn't eaten for 40 days, which is impossible. But nothing is impossible for God. So he's not eaten. He is hungry. He is at the very point where anyone could be tempted. Of course, our need for substance is crucial. And so he goes into that. Where we had fallen, where it was most difficult to fall, Christ goes where it's most easily, easy to fall. He goes into the desert, and lo and behold, the enemy in his arrogance and his pride and his hatred for humanity, his hatred for Christ's love for us, his hatred that Christ took on flesh to be like us, to be one of us, he despises this entire thing. And in his arrogance, he tries to tempt Christ like Christ knew he would be, and he deals definitively and precisely with that temptation. He doesn't kind of argue with them or try to um, make a deal or, or anything like that. He deals definitively and justly with the enemy. He doesn't uh, disparage him. He doesn't, uh, you know, he doesn't find himself needing to call him names or put him down. He just simply deals with him and deals with him directly. When Christ is able 
to enter into the desert and show us that he is capable and desiring to do what Adam and Eve couldn't. He is showing us that there is hope. He is showing us that there is an answer to all of this chaos that surrounds us, to all of this uncertainty about disease and war and everything else. He ultimately is the answer. He's the only one who can pass the test, if you will, of the one who hates us so much. Let us look to him and him alone during the season of Lent so that we know when we are tempted and when we fail, as we will, as I do, as we all do, when we are tempted and fail, there is one who came amongst us to love us and to also show us that there is hope and a world where the enemy will ultimately be defeated. That Christ has come to defeat sin and death, and he has done so on the cross. Let us celebrate that victory today in the sure and certain hope that Christ indeed is the answer to all of our questions. you have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.